A family's serene beach vacation turns to chaos when their doppelgangers appear and begin to terrorize them. Michael Jackson said it best, we're starting with the man in the mirror, and we might just be begging him to change his ways. Or perhaps Justin Timberlake had a few thoughts on this. After all, his mirror is always staring back at him. The tethered are out for blood and they happen to look just like you. So double check those locks and join us as we unravel the mysteries of Jordan Peele's Us. Creep on in, on in, on in. Can't believe how big they've got. Did you hear Gabe got a boat? Daddy. <laughs> He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? Jason? Jason! Where were you? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me, and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. But y'all scare a family? Hi, can I help you? What are you people? It's us. They look exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. Then we kill them. Welcome home to the Chamber of Chills. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Long. <laughs> and I'm Adam Rex. <laughs> and today we are going to be breaking down the film Us. And you know what's interesting about the stupid little intro? Michael Jackson, he actually featured Hands Across America, which is a big part of this movie. Really? In one of his music videos. So No way. Yeah, you know, I do a thing called research every once in a while. So. Interesting. Uh, so do with that I will do very much. But uh, <laughs> I will do so much with that. This one is uh, number 41 on our list of the top 50 horror films of all time. Officially our 10th episode. Wow, that's wild. Freaking crazy. It really is. Like, I feel like in some ways I'm still very new to this, which I guess we, in the grand scheme of things, kind of are. But yeah, it's wild that we're already this far. It in. is pretty weird. Um, yeah, so this movie's called Us. It came out in 2019, and it is classified as a horror mystery. It's rated mm. R and uh, directed by the great Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. Um, this film would actually be Peele's second of three movies that he's done. Yeah. Uh, the other two being Get Out and Nope. Um, he's, like, I think written and produced other things, but um, in terms of, uh, you know, being a director, he's only had three. Yeah. So he also wrote the film. Um, which always love when that happens. Yes. Star cast members, we have Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, and Elizabeth Moss, who are all great. Um, from the Academy, as per usual, nothing really came from them, um, but it did win 85 other awards and was nominated about 130 times for things like People's Choice Awards, Critics' Choice Awards, stuff like that. The whole shebang. That's a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Ratings on IMDb, it comes in at 6.8. 
And on Rotten Tomatoes, 93%, which is now the highest score mm. we have on podcasts. That for is film. Just pretty crazy. Kind of is, wild. Yeah. What? I think after that was Cabin. Maybe Cabin, yeah. At yeah. like 92. It was like a one point difference. Yeah. But uh, Letterbox 3.7 out of 5. As uh, far as financials go, uh, the budget was estimated to be around $20 million, which today is about $23.6 million. Mm. And at the global box office, it made about $256 million, which is about $302 million today. Wow. And then... Uh, I actually have a little... I found a little fun fact on that. Oh. So not just the global, but in, in the U.S., it grossed $71 million in the opening weekend, which is the highest ever for an original horror film. Wow. And it's the second highest for an original live action film after Avatar. That's crazy. Yes. I mean, especially to, I mean, Jordan Peele, at that point, he's only made one horror film. And but it, it was, was such a, a good film. Huge success. It just got everybody hyped for this one, I and guess. And the trailer, which I know we'll dissect yes, too. The trailer sure. was oh, incredible. So good. Yeah. Some actually said the trailer was better than the actual product, which is, mm. anyways, we'll get into all that. Yes. <laughs> um, to finish this up, filming took place over a period of about three months. Principal photography began in July of 2018, and it wrapped up in October of 2018. Ooh. So, pretty spicy. Good year. It's a good year. <laughs> Sweet. Now I'll I jump. just wish somebody could summarize the film. I know. You know? If only there was a guy who did like super dashing and on charming. The- and- <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Adam! Hey. hey, hey, what are you doing hey, here? I'm right here. I'm ready for the film summary. <laughs> I'm ready. All right. In Us 2019, hopefully I don't botch this one like I did the last one I did, um, directed by Jordan Peele, Adelaide Wilson, which we don't, very, we don't hear her name very much. No. I hear Adelaide. You hear like Addie, I feel like a couple times. Yes. But yeah, you don't hear her name very often. Which is weird because I was like, there's no Adelaide in this film. I know. <laughs> and then I go and I was like, oh, that's her. That's the main girl's name. <laughs> uh, she returns to her childhood vacation home with her husband, Gabe, and their two children. Plagued by a traumatic incident from her youth involving a mysterious doppelganger in a hall of mirrors, Adelaide feels growing apprehension as they spend time at the beach. That's the Santa Cruz beach. Her fears are realized when, at night, a family of four, clad in red jumpsuits and wielding scissors, invades their home. The Wilsons are horrified to discover that the intruders are their exact physical copies referred to as the tethered. Each family member is forced to face off against their silent, twisted counterparts. As the Wilsons struggle to survive, they learn that their ordeal is part of a nationwide uprising of the Tethered, who have emerged from the shadows to claim the lives of their above-ground originals. The family must confront the mystery of why they exist and what they want, leading to a harrowing journey of revelation and terror. In a climactic showdown, Adelaide faces her own doppelganger, Red, unraveling the truth about her past and the dark reality of the Tethered's existence. The film closes with a haunting twist that challenges the very notion of individuality and the unseen, suppressed parts of ourselves. That might have been the best summary I've ever heard. <laughs> I was mesmerized. Well, that's the I best just, I've ever read a summary. So there <laughs> I've we go. just stared at you the whole time like, wow, <laughs> that is a summary right there. That is Man, all righty. Well, thank you. Well, now you guys are equipped to uh, let us talk about it. Yeah, and that's all we have uh, for today, so, folks. So we'll see you guys next week. See you week. next week. <laughs> uh, Breakdown ballroom. Oh, yeah. Favorite scenes. Let's Boom. go. Boom. <laughs> go. Go. Um, 
okay. I'm not even going to address it. I'm mm-hmm. just going to say it. It's kind of the intro. I like the title card, which was really yeah. bizarre because it's such a subtle, small piece of the film. Yeah. But it talks about the thousands of miles of underground tunnels across the U.S. Mm-hmm. And it ends with many of them are not used. So it just kind of implies that there is something sinister going on down totally. there. And kind of like Annihilation, I like when a film begins in a way where you're like curious to see what's about to go you're down. You're like catapulted immediately into the yeah, story. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay. Thousands of miles of underground tunnels. Like, I'm intrigued. It's almost like the story's already started and now you're just a part of it. For sure. Know? And I think when you can use a title card effectively, um, it could go a long way because it is so simple. But yeah, I mean, when it's written well or it, I mean, it can be pretty effective. So yeah, I liked that. I agree. I also, I didn't really put the intro per se, but I put the opening credits, um, which some people actually hated. Uh, But I just thought- For how long it is, I guess. It's a slow- It is, but it's cool. Zoom out of the the rabbits in the cages. Yeah. Which you find out later that is underground in the tunnels. Um, I just thought it was like refreshingly nostalgic with having the credits at the beginning. I agree. Because that- like got flipped at some point yeah in the past and the music behind it's kind of cool you know yeah it's kinda, i agree yeah cool tone i enjoyed the slow zoom out of all the rabbits in the desks just a mysterious odd and unsettling right mm-hmm. off the bat so and on top of that i actually didn't notice this because we'll obviously talk about this the film is jam-packed with details yeah and there's the number 11 scattered throughout the film mm-hmm. and i guess there are 11 rows of the rabbits when it's fully zoomed out so i was like wow crazy detail the but attention to detail in this film is for sure wild yeah no i agree so we kind of both like different parts of like the beginning I'm yeah not, i refuse to call it the intro I but know. the it's opening really of the, the film the true intro is really the uh like probably the like girl yeah the boardwalk the, scene yeah. where she's yeah um i said arriving which this is Honestly, probably almost a hot take, but because I saw a lot of people complain about this part or the hmm. sequence of events, but I like the beginning of the film where they're arriving to the, you know, the vacation home and everything because it's like light and fun. They're just a normal family going on vacation. Yeah. But what makes me like this scene and what makes it stand out for me is watching it back again. So like if you watch it for the first time, it's just, Yeah. It's just a normal scene or sequence of events, I guess. Right. But when you've already seen the film and now you know the dark twist at the end, that spoiler. Yes. Adelaide, the mom, has been the tethered the entire time. Yes. That's the big twist. They switched as little when she was a little girl. And anyways, so the real Adelaide went down into the underground tunnels and the tethered came out and was pretending to be a normal person yes and you don't know that the entire film no, there are you, definitely clues that could yes. that allow you to figure that out for sure and yeah. i think that's why i like this scene is because you can pick up on all the little hints that they're trying to give you mm-hmm. to point to that conclusion like there's the snapping like she can't snap you know on b or like to the rhythm of the song because yeah. she technically doesn't have a soul it's just like a really interesting detail there yeah and how she's like eating strawberries when everybody else is eating like their fast food and stuff. I don't know. It's just like a cool little setup, you know, and like the fear she has to go back to the beach. She clearly doesn't want to go back. Just things that you're like, oh man, I should have picked up on that. And I just never did. Yeah. Almost like Goodnight Mommy in that episode where we talked about the first time you watch it, you just don't pick up on a lot of things. But mm-hmm. then you watch it through a second time and you're like, oh yeah, 
I know it like makes me mad at myself because there's some some film lovers and reviewers who are so hyper analytical that they yes. find out that stuff the first time watching it. Which like I read so an article. <laughs> it is super impressive. I read an article which people could say this and not actually be you know truthful, yeah, but I knew the whole time. One person said, "I've I figured it out. Before, I figured out the twist before the ending." And I was like, "Wow, that's pretty crazy." Props I mean, to you. Hey, I mean, they yeah, they do allude to it throughout the movie, but I didn't catch it first yeah. time I watched it. So, um, I said Red's monologue to the family, which mm. is actually yeah. truly Adelaide, but yeah, uh, you think it's Red? Yes. Um, and it's the first time she's like talking, and it's like after the fam the the doppelgangers, the tethered have already broken into the house and it's at night and the families are sitting across from each other in the living room Yep. and red goes on this spiel to the family and her voice is like very hoarse and like croaky and yes. like very dark and her performance in that scene is just so, so wild. Cause very she's creepy. like creepy, but also crying at the same time, yep. which I'm like, I don't know. Like it's just so intense. Yeah. So I loved that scene. Once. Upon a time, there was a girl, and the girl had a shadow. Adding to that scene, Jordan Peele, this was, I feel like, demonstrated in Get Out. He's really good at directing the actor's like eyes, mm. you know, cause like her eyes in that scene are so like, they're like just wide open, yeah. but there's still like the tears coming down, but she's also talking. And yeah. so kind of the same with get out. There's that scene where he's in the chair and anyways, his eyes are also very kind of reflective of that. And yeah, I just thought that was a cool note. Totally. But, yeah. It's a great scene. I said, this is kind of jumping a little bit, but when they're underground, she finally finds her doppelganger yep down in That's, the tunnels that was my next one too so. um there are a few things going for it i like the music mm-hmm. i like the choreography between the two of them because adelaide is like swinging that fire poker at red and red like because they're like so connected she like knows all of her moves and yep. just like kind of without any effort is able to dodge her attacks and then she finally though at the end gets the fire poker through the chest mm-hmm and she's like whistling, which also alludes to the twist a little bit. And uh, you then kind of get an idea that Adelaide is not all there because when she kills her doppelganger, she like starts to make these weird like grunting, kind of like animalistic noises. Mm-hmm. I just thought the whole scene was pretty well done. Um, it's kind of pieced together really well and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. That's exactly what I put. I just liked that whole... Honestly, like this might be more of a hot take, but I I loved the discovery through the house of mirrors or the fun house or whatever down into yeah. where the tethered lived. I think more than like the final quote unquote fight scene. Yeah. Just because I don't know, it was like very mysterious and like, whoa, like this has existed this entire time. Yeah. This is like a whole other world down here. It's like so kind of creepy and mysterious. Yeah. And the production design I just thought was like really cool. Yeah. And it looks really cool. Just the super long hallways with the bunnies and the, the yeah. escalator going to it was just like almost like uh kind of like the back rooms, which I know is like a thing. Yeah. Now and they're like <laughs> making a movie for it. But which I love. I know. It's gonna be either the worst thing we've ever seen or, or the somewhat best. cool. Yeah. But uh it kind of reminded me of that where like, yeah, you just have this, you know, hall of mirrors that somehow turns into this passageway to these tunnels that just go on and on and on. And yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Then, yeah, I just said the reveal at the end. The just, twist. I remember yeah. seeing that in theaters like, oh, shoot. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Same. I agree. Because the way the sun is kind of piecing it together in his head, and then you see it happen from like the flashback, and then she kind of just smiles at him, and he like slowly like lowers Puts his, his mask. mask back on. I was like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. I like that little, like he t- totally figured it out, mm-hmm. her son, but which makes him, I guess, like half tethered. He's her son. That's true. I never really thought about that. That just occurred to me. Anyways, I don't know. I yeah. just thought that was a cool way to end the it. The tethered have never made it with I guess. the non-tethered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. I never thought Which about Which means that. the other tethered kids are half human. I don't know. That is true. I, that's weird. Food for thought. Man, it's too early for this. <laughs> this is our first this side like, note. This is our first time recording the episode. Of I will the morning. say the vibes of this episode drastically <laughs> different from previous. Like we're people normally, are like listening. They're like, "This is so boring." We normally we're have so like dead. a beard. It's dark, and you know, in the chamber, <laughs> and it's it was like Halloween for a while, so we had kind of the spooky season vibes. And it, I will say, the vibes today are immaculate. We got the Christmas tree up. Yeah, I do have my Christmas tree up already. It's bright and airy. I'm drinking coffee. I feel man. Feel alive. Feel alive. <laughs> Feel ready to conquer. Okay. Um, that's all I have for favorite scenes. Yeah, me too. So uh, not a ton, but some good ones. Yeah, for unpack. sure. Concept. I I really enjoyed the twist. Uh, the I just I love the idea of the tethered and the uneasiness of our evil doppelganger is really yeah. just all of it. Um, and just as Annihilation was entirely metaphorical. A lot of this film was too, which yeah. again made me have to really think about it and even do research, but I enjoy yeah. that. So Yeah, well Jordan Peele is yes. he's always gonna try to hit you with that social narrative, you know. Yep. But I thought, yeah, it's a really cool concept. It's unique. And that's hard to do with like the horror genre. It's always a serial yeah. killer or a monster or supernatural phenomenon. And anyways, I think it's just cool the idea of like facing yourself. Like it's like a sinister version of yourself. And I think he kind of ran with that and created this whole world out of it. And it was pretty, it's a cool concept. But on top of that, because it is such a large concept that obviously it comes with some, some issues, but yeah, I think overall the conceptual uniqueness is, it's pretty, pretty out there. I agree. So I agree. Director's touch. Of course, we've already talked about how we love Peel. Uh, he just brings a refreshingly unique perspective to horror. In my opinion, his 100%. style of direction is just wonderful too. Yeah. So, I love him as a writer director. Um, even if I don't love all of his films, I'm gonna yeah. every time he puts a movie out, I'm gonna go see it on opening night. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely like, and that's going back to my comment earlier. It's just crazy. He started with Get Out, like that being your first one is crazy. Oh my gosh, especially when he was just a comedian on Comedy Central. And now I know he's, it's he's already built his resume to be a very credible horror director. He just dropped this banger, gosh, and yeah. then like created a staple, yeah, for himself off the bat. Yeah. So completely agree acting 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 dude lupita was <sighs> wild yeah she's amazing yeah she we already talked about her she's yeah. um, she's so great um evan the little boy mm, yeah didn't actually do it for me but he's also like eight years old so yeah i have to give him some grace it's hard because Kid actors are always a hit or a miss for sure there's some Kids who just knock it out of the park. Yes. And there's some kids who are just meh. And then there's some kids who are like, gosh, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. Like yes. there had to have been a better kid. He was like half smirking like the whole time. Yeah. Like he wasn't fully in character. Yeah. Cute kid. But I don't know. I, I do think asking them 
to do this role is probably challenging because yeah. you're having to play a good and bad version of a person. But yeah, I do. I feel like he's a little hit or miss, you know, in certain scenes. Yeah. I didn't love the, uh, oh gosh, I forgot his name. Tyler, the Tyler family, the dad. Mm. I don't know why he just, there's something, sometimes you just watch a movie and there's just a character that just doesn't do it for you. He like just didn't fit. I guess Elizabeth I, Moss is great, but she's yeah. yeah, she's always so great. I actually, but. this might be more of a hot take. I thought Winston was a little eh, but really, here's the thing. I think it was primarily because of his character. Yeah, which I I'll unpack in hot yeah, takes. Yeah, yeah. Hallway. yeah. No, I could see that. Screenplay was really great. Yeah, so creative. There are a few small things that felt a tad forced. Yeah, like the which I know again, if you're gonna. Uh, if you're going to add something in to aid the plot or to have a context or to have a clue sure. to the twist, like totally fine, but just make it realistic. Like her yeah. saying the line, feel the beat while they're in the car and yeah. she's snapping. I was like, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like I was like, I don't know. And she manages to not snap on me. <laughs> so it's just, you know, maybe yes. that was the, yeah, it was a little forced because they're, it's almost like they're trying to show you like she, like yes. see, she's not normal. They're trying to give a clue, yeah, but it didn't feel it very weird. natural. I, don't I know. get that. I still don't know. Maybe I'm like super vanilla, but I don't know what I got five on it means. <laughs> I was thinking about that later. Like it's a great song for this movie and I still don't know. I couldn't tell you. Because they um, said it's only about drugs, and I was like, yeah, if I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't head. look into the song, um, but I was wondering if it had something to do with, I'm not going to expose myself. I'm going to come up with the worst. <laughs> People are really, that's not, actually not at all. What I've got about. five fingers. I've got five fingers on, on the- it. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on. Anyways. Okay, <clears throat> heard that before. Yep, anyways. Um, score. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I love, love, love this score. The score and soundtrack of this film is brilliant. And I know we just yep. came from Annihilation, which we loved the score yes. as well. But this was just like, this score was more thematic. Yes. And more of a staple. It's super memorable too, which yes. for a horror film, that's about as much as you can ask boom, for. Boom, and boom, yes. Boom. Like if yeah. I hear that out in public, I can immediately you know, identify that I can as immediately us. start ballet dancing. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's Halloween or the exorcist, but like it's definitely in terms of recent horror yes. scores, it's pretty memorable. And that's not very common no. for horrors today to no, have a very strong theme song and for it be, sure. you know, noticeable um, yep. or recognizable. I mean, and uh, this is very much in, in that realm. Yep. No, I agree. Cinematography. Cinematography. <laughs> Cinematography. Um, I felt like it was kind of like a modern artsy. Yeah. Which I enjoyed. I mean, there there weren't really any shots that felt like super groundbreaking to me. No. Um, but I thought it was executed just very well. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're not going to get anything cra- Like, I think Nope and Get Out are more impressive from yeah. that standpoint. But I still think, I mean, with Jordan Peele, you're going to get a, a good... A good film. Yeah. It's going to be made well. It's going to look good. Um, tracking shots were nice. Symbolic imagery. You know, it looked good for sure. Yeah. But there's nothing that makes you like just salivate. Yeah. But it's still, I mean, it looked good. A hundred percent. No, I think the comparison, even to Nope, I know we'll dissect Nope, but like, um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there too. For sure. Production design. And then we added that in, in Annihilation. I thought they killed it, especially with the entire ending sequence in the underground, yes. which we already talked about. 
the only part, and Marin actually pointed this out because Marin and Charlotte watched this one with us. Yeah, they don't was, normally watch these with us. So was that the first time they both watched it with us? I think so. Because Marin has watched them with us. No, and Charlotte. Well, technically, Fright Night, but we didn't. Oh, uh, we that. didn't use that one. <laughs> yeah, went back on that. Oh, that's funny. Have we ever explained that to them? I don't think to so. To them as in to our listeners, to our community, <laughs> to you guys? I just feel like Dora. So, have we explained it to you? Have, Pause. <laughs> we, I don't think we have. So Fright Night was originally on our list. Yep. And because it was high up, it was it was originally number 49. I'd never seen it. Cameron hadn't seen it in a really long time. Yeah, years. So we watched it and took notes. <laughs> as soon as it ended, we kind of looked at each other. And we were like, we were like uh, this is great. <laughs> but... Honorable mention. Honorable but, mention. And so we decided because it was high up, it would yeah. be the only exception for us, you know, yes. pivoting. and We can't really do that now. We can't do that now. We're too far, too far in. Which that attaches, though, to the idea of re-ranking them as we go. Yes. Which might take away from, I don't know, but it's I, okay. it it's is interesting. It. I actually went through the other day and I just, based on the movies we've already watched, I re-ranked them mm. and it is wild how different. Really? I would rank them. But That's crazy. Not all of them. And like we've said this before, they will definitely become more concrete as we... Because like once you get down lower, those movies are just solidified as amazing horror yeah. films. And all of these are great horror films. It's like, don't get me wrong. It's just a matter of where would you place them on yeah, this. Yeah, so. exactly. So it's just... Yeah, hey, Friday you know, Night did not make the cut. <laughs> it did not make the cut. Anyway, so Marin, who was with us watching this one, pointed out that the Santa Cruz Pier was like unrealistically clean. That is a great point. And she was like, it just wouldn't be that clean in person. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're yeah. so right. Great call. She's a production designer anyway, yeah. so that makes sense. She would uh, call yeah, that out for sure. Overall impact, a tough follow-up to Peel's first film, Get yeah, Out, absolutely. but still thrilling, intriguing, and fun in its own unique way. Yeah. He's still keeping the momentum going. Like He yeah. didn't completely come out and flop, which no. is great. Obviously, it was, even a, it was a box office success. Yeah, so. and... Uh, I mean, I know people love this film, and then he made Nope after, and Nope was amazing. So I think, I do think it's already kind of placed on a pedestal just because it's a Jordan Peele film. Yeah. And, you know, whether or not you like this film, you know that everything he does, he's going to be incredibly attentive to the tiniest details, yeah. which goes a long way. And he's going to try to make something brand new rather than yeah. adopting. And there's always going to be like a deeper meaning. Yes. There's always something yeah. to look at. And I love movies like that where you can leave and like Google like, okay. Because I did that with Nope, like especially I remember leaving like, okay, what the heck did that mean? Or what did this mean? Or Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's fun. Agreed. Ooh, hoo, hoo. It's a fact forest, baby. Every time. Every time. The owls in the fact forest they call get you. All right, some random fun facts about this film. There is a lot to unpack with this film. So I'm going to give some BTS, and then I want to give some Easter eggs, and then I'm going to have a section dedicated to what is this film actually about? Because um, I did some research. I'm sure you've done some research. Yep. So we can talk about uh, what it means because there's so much to unpack and a lot left up to viewers. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, Jordan Peele has yet to say, this is exactly what it means. You know what I mean? Sure. Which I, I enjoy. So, yeah. All right. BTS, did you know? Jordan Peele's fear of doppelgangers inspired the premise. That's a very 
unique fear. I'm pretty sure he was on like some sort of late night TV show talking about how he imagined seeing an evil version of himself like across the subway and being freaked out. And that kind of inspired the idea. And I was like, that would be really weird. That would be, I mean, yeah. Um, Next one. This one's pretty crazy. Steven Spielberg compared the composer Michael Abel's and Peel's collaboration to his own relationship with John Williams. Yeah. Wow. Because apparently Abel's has done, he's composed every film with Peel. Oh, that is crazy. I didn't know that. Which is crazy though that i mean spielberg williams yeah that's is like one of the most iconic duos of all time as far as it's like yeah. zimmer nolan for sure i i don't agree obviously but <laughs> imagine being like jordan peele or is this less able is that what it Abel's? was Abel's. michael Abel's. hearing that though that's like the highest compliment dude ever like that's crazy yeah so that's and what a sweetheart of Spielberg. That like he's a humble guy. I know. Like, you know, just to truly give out slim love like that. Yeah, that was a I was that was huge. Wow, that's massive. I don't know if Williams feels the same way, but <laughs> Williams like, hey, he's composed, you know, the most iconic <laughs> I know, theme songs real. of all time. All right, next one. The Bible verse that continuously appears in the film, Jeremiah eleven eleven, reads Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. So just a little tidbit for you. Yep. Kind of foreshadows what's to come. Yes. Jordan Peele gave the cast 11 horror films to watch so they would have a shared language when filming. These 11 horror films are as follows. Jaws. Dead Again. 1991. The Shining. The Babadook, It Follows, A Tale of Two Sisters, 2003, The Birds, Funny Games, Martyrs, Let the Right One In, and The Sixth Sense. Wow. So he was like, all right, go spend 100 hours watching horror and then come back and we'll start shooting this film. What's so interesting about that is there are some of those that you listed that I can see the influence Mm -hmm. on this film. Then there's some others. I'm like, I have no idea how that pertains to this film, but it's obviously for a purpose. So that's interesting. Totally. Yeah. Some of those definitely really make, I mean, really makes sense to me. I haven't seen all of those either. So I I haven't either. But, um, like Jaws, I've never seen Jaws. Yeah. Jaws. I don't know. (laughs) I've never heard of that. Yeah. What is the shining? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What is that? Lupita Nyong'o. Is that how you say it? Mm Mm-hmm. Based Red's voice on Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and specifically the spasmodic dysphonia he suffered from. So it's based oh, wow. on a medical condition. Yeah. I've heard of that condition. I just, wow. Yeah. I mean, that voice is interesting. so good. Oh, yeah. It's she, crazy. she kills that part. The guy running the game on the boardwalk before Adelaide walks off to the beach mm-hmm. was played by an actor named Duke Nicholson. Jordan Peele had asked him to play that role like Lloyd the bartender from The Shining, not even realizing at the time that Duke was Jack Nicholson's grandson. What the heck? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Jack Nicholson's grandson, Duke, had his fir- this was his first film to, to be an actor in. And wow. he plays the most, like the smallest little Random. Yeah. Wow. But he was told to play it like yeah, Lloyd the bartender the direction from was, The Shining. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. I thought this was interesting. Um, Not a lot of people might care about this one. Uh, Jason Blum, who had produced Jordan Peele's previous movie, Get Out 2017, was asked to produce this one as well. 
As his low-budget production company, Blumhouse could not come up with the necessary budget, Universal Pictures hired him as a producer outside of his company on a one-time basis. I actually thought about this whenever I saw his name, but didn't see Blumhouse in the credits because I saw Jason Blum, Yeah, but it didn't say Blumhouse. I did not. Honestly, I didn't even know he was affiliated with this yeah. movie. That's so crazy. apparently this was the only time that only he, he went outside of, of yeah. Blumhouse. Which I thought was, that was interesting. That's interesting. for those, those film producer lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Between takes, Lupita Nyong'o would remain in character as Red, much to the dismay of the cast and crew. Oh, gosh, that would be so unsettling. Yeah, they were like, yeah, it was just like creepy all yeah. the time. Nope, I get it. So That would creep me out as well. I I just don't know if I could ever do method acting. No. We've talked about this. Like, I, I want to have fun. I don't even sure. care for shooting a horror film, which we're shooting a short horror film here in like three weeks. Yeah. Um, Can like you I, imagine though? Yeah, like you get, you say cut and I just stay in character. Or the, the guy who plays the creeper. <laughs> or the, yeah, just- It's just like- Just there. Yeah. <laughs> We'd be like, out. dude, can you like leave? Dude, could you just like chill? Come, Come back on. in 10 when we're shooting the Please. next scene. Yeah. This film was shipped to cinemas under the pseudonym Deep Cuts. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. All right, this last one's a pretty big one. Um, okay. The fact that Red is the only tethered who can, does speak English is a clue to, well, this is more of an Easter egg, but bear with me, uh-huh. is a clue to her true identity. Likewise, her voice's hoarse, halting quality is due to both the facts that Red has not had anyone to speak with in decades and also that her vocal cords were damaged as a child when her double choked and abducted her. Wow, Likewise, I did not even think about that. I know. Likewise, Adelaide's dialogue and storyline drop several voice-related clues about her identity. As a child, her parents took her to the ther- to- took her to therapy after the switch because she seemed to stop talking. Though they assumed she was silent because of trauma, she actually couldn't talk because she was a tethered, and it took her some time to learn how to speak. When Kitty tries to make small talk with her with adult Adelaide on the beach, Adelaide demurs, explaining, "I have a hard time talking." Wow, that actually makes sense. Huge Easter eggs. That, or wow. more that's just more attention to detail. I'm almost but. like, which I'll touch on it later, uh, but that almost makes me backtrack on one of my complaints. So that's oh, interesting. Really? And it kind of explains away an issue I had. So that's interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Man. So. Okay. Those details. Uh, and then Jordan Peele was the voice of the Funhouse narrator. Ah, classic. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, all right. Some Easter eggs. Did you have any Easter eggs too that you had? Yeah. Okay. The VHS tapes at the beginning, I don't yeah. know if you saw this, but uh, yeah. they're for films like The Goonies or Chud. The Goonies obviously takes place underground, kind of like this movie. Mm-hmm. And then Chud, I guess it's a horror film I've never heard of, Me but uh, it's about these people who come up from the underground, like these underground layers or something, and they're like cannibalistic or something like that. But mm. it's just cool to put in those little little details like that. Because like he literally could have just put any movie VHS tape on the shelf, but yeah. he intentionally put movies that kind of allude to his film. Totally. And I think that's so cool. Well, there was another VHS tape too, tidbit that I saw called The Man with Two Brains and keeping with the film's theme of duality uh, and the concept of two identical parts. What a brilliant man. I know, just all over yep. the place. Little no, deets. Um, the Wilson's Toy Closet includes the game Guess Who? A classic board game requiring <laughs> players to match the identical face of the card chosen by the other player. That is awesome. Yep. Um... I said the choice to make scissors the weapon, you know, for like the tethered. And Jordan Peele even commented on this, I guess. Uh, He said there's a duality of scissors, a hole made up of two parts. Like, wow, even that is just... What in the world? He just really thought all this out. Yeah. 
Um, I'm a big dummy, and I, you know, I <laughs> made my notes last night. So uh, I did add in a note about the song. I got five on it. Oh, shit. I just forgot. So bear with me. Um, The use of the song, I got five on it, appears to resonate with the main theme of the film. It tells of two guys each chipping in $5 to buy a $10 bag of weed, which, like the scissors and the repetition of number 11 within the film, is a combination of two things creating one whole, just like the tethered themselves. Wow, that's crazy. That is now just I know freaking what it, wild. It means, so. I know. Now I remember what it means. Yep. Yep. <laughs> As of last Man, night. that's crazy. What a detail. I know. Gosh, he just like, I love, love, love when films do this. Like, they just don't spare any <sighs> I know. time on. It's just crazy. Um, so the twins. Yes. Obviously reference The Shining. And when they die, they go upstairs. The way the twins are laying in the hallway the exact same way the twins are laying when it shows the like the twins oh my gosh where the am i going from the shining the twins from the shining uh, when they are dead in the hallway they're laying the exact same cool. way so it's just cool little you know not to the homage. shining Truly that's appreciate. cool adelaide's shirt progressively becomes stained red throughout oh, the film that slowly revealing her true origin it's also another reference to a tale of two sisters 2003 as the two sisters in that film wear white dresses in the climax that progressively get redder with blood. Wow. Yeah, dude, that was crazy. Oh, so good. I tapped out there. Golly. That's the problem. So I found a list of, yeah. And I would even encourage you, go watch like a YouTube video or oh, Google it because like there are so many details. I tapped out there. Do you have more? I have one more. Okay. One more Easter egg. Several aspects of the Tethered's appearance and plan tie into Adelaide's last memories of her life above ground. The Tethered all wear a single glove, which was also a favorite fashion accessory of Michael Jackson. Adelaide's father won her a Michael Jackson Thriller t-shirt just before her abduction. Likewise, Hands Across America, which for most Americans who lived through it was a relatively minor and forgettable moment, loomed large in Adelaide's memory as one of the last pop culture events she could remember from before her imprisonment. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So crazy. There are a lot of like, oddly enough, like Michael Jackson tie-ins. You yeah. Know, like I said, he used it in a music video and then like she's wearing the Thriller t-shirt mm-hmm. and Thriller is also a music video about, you know, at the end, the protagonist ends up being the villain. Like it's- yeah. Lots of weird things like that. And so I think that is super cool. So sick. And honestly, too, like pulling inspiration for costume design based on the production design that was based on the concept is so crazy. Everything is so intricately woven. Yeah. Well, I think he said that, too. He even came out and said, like, everything in this film is intentional. So he's like, yeah, he says it with his chest. He's like, yeah, this is all from me i yeah. thought of this so. crazy all right this continuing fact for us i know that's a lot this is a big section okay uh what is this film about i took some instances from imdb i took some from an article i read online and Ooh. then i even have some of my own thoughts all right give it to us okay imdb bear with me i'm gonna do a lot of talking which is what podcasting <laughs> is <laughs> dang it no more talking no, stop talking. it <laughs> All right, I, this is from IMDb. The presence of white rabbits, the hall of mirrors, and the red jumpsuits worn by the tethered are all references to Alice in Wonderland. The hall of mirrors in particular represents through the looking glass, while the red suits represent the red queen, the villain of the story. I thought that was an interesting yeah. take. I never thought Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. yeah, that's really interesting. All right, that was all from IMDb. Um, now the article I read online, there's a lot to unpack, so I'm going to okay. get through it. All right, 
So he believes, is this twist that preposterous? I don't literally have a shadow self, but there's some other person out there in the country right now who could have had my life and career, but instead has some less comfortable one because he grew up with parents who didn't have enough money to send him to college, or because he grew up some race other than white, or because he was born a girl, or fill in the blank. Wow. He also says, America, okay, this is like 99.999% on white America, likes to pretend it's a country without a grim history, that its self-proclaimed exceptionalism makes it free from anything too dark. But, of course, that's not true. The Hall of Mirrors was constructed with an American Indian atop it because whoever built it could be reasonably certain no one would care if it was offensive. Those who might care are mostly sequestered on reservations or died generations ago. And you, if you're an American, live on the land you live on because they died. Wow. That's a deep cut. Yeah, I know. Wow. Talk about deep cuts. Uh, All right. Now consider Hands Across America. The movement did raise some money for hunger, around $34 million, but much of that was eaten up by operational fees, leaving $15 million to be donated to the actual cause. That isn't chump change, but it's a drop in the bucket of the problem of actually trying to fight hunger. Is there anything more American than thinking you've solved a problem by creating a gigantic (laughs) spectacle that accomplishes less than you'd think? Again, something dark is covered up by something glossy, and we celebrate the glossy surface. Wow. Yeah. Golly. They're freaking calling us out with these. Oh, I know. It's crazy. And I completely agree. Yeah. So uh, next, to try to escape the past is to try to escape yourself. But to try to escape the past is also deeply, deeply human, because to make any progress, we have to find a way to excuse, forgive, or ignore our own faults, to lock them up in a subterranean basement and hope we don't remain tethered to them forever. But what a fool's errand that is. Wow. Very well put. Yeah. Next, second to last, in this reading of the film's ending, that it was always about the perils of trying to ignore inconvenient truths when they're looking right back at you in the mirror is one that unites every other possible reading of the film too. Race, gender, class, trauma, they're all covered by the idea that you can have a great life and be a good person, but still unknowingly be causing so much suffering. Wow. Thought that was great. And then lastly, they said, all of which is to say when Jason looks at Adelaide late in this movie, seeing for the first time his mother's true self, he's not realizing that she's red or that she's Adelaide or anything like that. He's realizing that she is and always has been both. Oh, Oh, wow. I've got like chills. That's crazy. I got chills in this chamber. Yeah, that's true. I thought that was really, really well articulated. I really liked that article. Chilly. All right, now what do I think it's about? (laughs) Because that is way way more important. Let's Uh, hear it. Just kidding. Um, Because I didn't want to just like accept something else. And I wanted to take all this in and then still kind of come up with what I thought. Yeah. Which is still a little different um, just from my lens. I like everything that article said, and there are a lot of other ideas about what it means. Um, However, I personally lean towards it being about the quote-unquote American dream. Yeah. And how there are not only so many people who have suffered in this entirely imperfect country, but there are also people truly suffering today. I also like the idea of the capitalistic quote-unquote American dream being something that isn't what fulfills us. On the surface, we have jobs, money, materialistic things, but deep within us, we feel as though we are moving aimlessly with no purpose or contribution to this world. And to me, I don't know if Peel is even a Christian or not, but it goes hand in hand with the idea that the things of this world will fade, but a relationship with God is what truly fulfills us and provides us with purpose. So Jordan Peel even uses, you know, Jeremiah eleven eleven, almost referring to our deeper selves as the evil, which totally aligns with the fall of humanity and being born into sin. 
Right. So yeah, I wanted to kind of craft my own thoughts in the film rather than accept other thoughts, especially since Peel has truly left so much up for interpretation. Jeez. My brain, dude. <laughs> it's too early for this. I know. Wow, that's a lot to unpack. I know. There are, it just goes to show there are always so many different ways dude, yeah. a film can be interpreted. Yeah. And I think that's a very admirable quality about any film so well and a lot of celebrities i mean even i don't know if anyone's watched like jim carrey's you know yeah like how he was so just like he had everything but yeah. he felt so like empty. empty yeah um and now he is you know he's a christian he just feels yeah. so fulfilled and i just think that a lot of people just especially those who are quote-unquote successful sure. struggle with because it's all materialistic yep wow that was good it's pretty crazy Man, Thank you're, you. you're on fire today, man. <laughs> Summary and the freaking deeper meanings. I'm, we need to start charging you guys for this content. This I know. Is, this is right. too much. That was five dollars. I was five on it. Five. five. <laughs> <laughs> All uh, right. Mishap Manor. I only Ooh. have one. I only found one. There are okay. things that don't make sense that aren't really mishaps. But sure, yeah. No one in the tunnels would have survived as long as they did with with rabbit as their only food source. Rabbit is high in protein but contains no other vital nutrients. The effect is referred to as rabbit starvation. Did not know that was a thing. I did not know that was a thing either. Have you ever had rabbit starvation? Don't do it once, but <laughs> yeah. try to block it out. Uh, that's crazy. My only thing for like mishaps, just some continuity errors that I I noticed one and then I just read about some others, but like some with the costumes, like, I mean, the classics. Uh, One yeah. guy has glasses, and then he doesn't. And, yeah, you know, back and that's forth. true. And then, I like, forgot about that. The car, the the evil doppelganger of the sister, like, stabs through the windshield, and then the next day, the, there's no, mm. like, the glass is just in perfect condition. And then uh, the only one I did notice, Gabe, the husband, he goes back and forth. He's either limping like really badly because he got hurt and then he's just walking like perfectly mm. normal. So I'm like, okay, let's get some continuity there. But that's really it. On, Interesting. There's not too much on on that. But yeah. That, hey, small continuity. If those stuff, are you know? your biggest, I mean. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Obviously holes in the plot, but that's a different. Segment. Well, we, what's crazy is our films never have any. Yeah, no. no uh, they're perfect. Discrepancies, yeah. yeah. Or continuity errors. They're yeah. It does help. Perfect. I will say being short films because then there's not oh as gosh. much I know. to dissect. So uh, I know. I'm sure if we made a full length film, it would have its problems. Well, what's funny is we just shot a short film back in June and I was editing it and I, <laughs> there was a clip. Oh no. I literally had to re-edit it because um, it was like, there was one scene where two characters sit, are sitting like two feet away from each other and then uh -huh. there was another shot where they're like sitting like, right next to each other. Right next to each yeah. other. And I was like, come on. Yeah, come on. It's all Dang right. Dang it. Have you know? grace. So I had, to, I had to cheat a little bit. Anyway, all right. Change. Chamber. Change chamber. Everything. We are here. Change everything. What don't make no sense? <laughs> um, do you want to go first? I feel like I've talked like sure. so much. Yeah, no, you need to like shut I need up. to stop. I need to stop. <laughs> um, I also said the thing about surviving down there. I just don't feel like that's possible. But then my next one was the engine starting by slamming on it. You uh, know? Yeah. And I read about this too. Other people <laughs> had pointed this out. You're talking about the... But this especially bothered me when the dad is getting attacked by his doppelganger. Yeah. And he's like, about, he's probably about to die. And he slams his head on the, on the boat, like the boat motor, motor, motor engine thing. 
slams his face on it, and then it starts. First try, shoves the doppelganger into the motor, and he gets all chopped up. You Don't know? you just love it when like, that happens? That, because earlier in the film, they're beating on it like for like five minutes, and yeah. nothing happens. It's like, how lucky do you have to be to just slam your face on it, and then it starts? Like, yeah. that felt a little bit, you know, convenient. I completely but agree. That was my first one. Why wouldn't they just kill all of them right off the bat in the living room? Yeah. You know what I mean? I I mean, that's exactly what the neighbor's tether did along with all of the other tethers in the whole world. Yeah. I get it would take away from the entire film, but it felt it felt like it was for the sake of the plot. Yep. Um and I get I mean with the twist like obviously Red and Adelaide are actually switched, so maybe she's just trying to play with her a little bit more to yeah, help her understand. Like she's been waiting for this. Yes, but every other know. tethered in the entire world just they kills just their the doppelganger immediately. Yeah, it definitely felt like they had a little bit of plot armor on. You know, yes. they're just because they're like the main characters. Yeah, but if it were realistic, they would have probably just gone in, wiped them out. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, but, if you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um. So I actually have to backtrack on this now. Okay. But I wrote initially. That I didn't love the way Adelaide now, if they did switch when they were little, which they did, um, that she is just a normal functioning member of society now. Hmm. Like if she grew up until, I mean, what was that, eight or nine years just eating raw rabbits and like hanging out with like mute people. And like, I don't know. I felt like, (laughs) how is she now just like a normal person? But yeah, it does make more sense when you break it down. And I guess think about her parents taking her, you know, into counseling and like mm-hmm. helping her with her speech and because they just thought, yeah, she went through some traumatic experience. Which we have no idea how long that therapy or yeah. whatever lasted. So, who knows? So, yeah. And it does, yeah. So I, I think I, I backtrack a little bit on that one. Okay. I fall on my sword. It's okay, fine. Okay, okay. Okay. Dude, that dad is a little wiener. Yeah. When his wife gets pulled into the neighbor's house, he steps back with the kids. Like, I'm yeah. running straight in there swinging with the bat. Yes, for sure. Also, he's just like way too nonchalant about everything. He was too chill, I feel like. He walks up and says he's done with the boats, but he doesn't even know if the rest of the family's freaking alive. Yeah. Because they're in the house and they just had to fend off the other tethered. Oh, that's a good point. And he's just chilling up like, I got the boats ready or yeah. I got the boat ready. Or, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, what? that's a good point. And he also got dominated by his other half. Yes. You know, like that. What was it Abraham was his name? Yeah. Yeah, his doppelganger just bodied him. So I'm he was just kind like, of a, uh, I was, uh, yeah. He was funny in parts, but there were other moments where I was like, I also felt like he was just too chill about things. Yes. Like, I don't know. It just didn't seem super believable. Like, but. he wasn't protective of his family at all. Yeah. So I guess the only thing, I, I love the connection and I love that Adelaide, the last thing she remembers. I mean, from like a pop culture standpoint is the Hands Across America. But I guess I just am confused about like what their plans were. Because like all they did was kill a bunch of people and then hold hands like the Hands Across America campaign. But I like just don't know what that has to do with anything. I don't know how it changes. Yeah. I don't know. I guess maybe I'm missing something here. Because like you said, everything's intentional. Yeah. But... I don't know. I guess I was like, okay, so what is the point? You're just going to kill people and then just hold hands? Like, how long? Are you just going <laughs> to stretch across America and then that's like your goal? And then then what? Like, I don't know. It just, I wish that was like fleshed out a little more. I know, which for the sake of the plot makes sense because obviously that event actually like 
you know, took place. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, what did that actually do for hunger? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but maybe these people just thought this was going to change the world because yeah. that's all. Did you look that up, by the way? Like, did we actually do that in the 80s? Like, did they actually hold hands across America? Or like, did we fail to actually stretch across? I like, actually don't know. I just, I just know that they imagine. raised that money. That's yeah. all I know. So I don't know Surely to what not. extent they did hold hands. I feel like that would be a more significant <laughs> thing that you would hear about if they actually successfully yes. held hands across America. Yeah, I just felt kind of... Now I feel like I just asked a really stupid question because <laughs> I'm thinking about look. this practically. That doesn't make sense. That's funny. Yeah, across the ocean. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus They're powers. Like, yeah, we did this, but a hundred million people died. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because if you got to include Hawaii, you got to get across the ocean there. I know. Oh yep. my gosh. Okay, uh, my last one before I actually have some plot holes from the community. Ooh. Um, they're just chatting while their daughter tells them she wants to drive like the world isn't breaking out in mass chaos. Oh my gosh. We were all in my living yes. room. Just like, get in the freaking car. It doesn't matter who drives right now. I get it's supposed to be somewhat comical, but it just felt unrealistic. Like, get out like, of there. Yeah. Like, yeah. no way. No, that was anxiety inducing for sure. Yes. Okay. Um, I uh, saw this on IMDb, yeah. so it doesn't really count as my okay. own. Well, but okay. like, I saw people complaining about how realistic is it that these people come up to the surface with scissors and they overtake our modern day society with plenty of guns? <laughs> you know, like how did they just come on? Like they get up there and they just, maybe they, it was the element of surprise. Maybe that was going for them and they were able to just sneak up on people, shank them in the neck with a pair of scissors. I yeah. It did just feel like, okay, I think we would probably take them out pretty easily. Yeah, that's fair. They managed to kind of like overtake our entire society. So Yeah, that's fair. That is crazy to think though, like the entire global population is 7 billion people. Yeah. We're against 7 billion people. Everyone else (laughs) who's here. Or clones, I guess. You know, that's that's pretty crazy to think about. That is kind of weird. All right. Uh, some other plot holes I found from the community, primarily IMDb. Um, mm-hmm. So not from me, but I agree with all these. Um, just like the people commenting on Jeepers Creepers, that was just so funny. Oh some of gosh. these are hilarious. Okay, I'm ready. The tethered live on the meat of rabbits provided for them. Since the tethered are too stupid to understand cooking procedures, they would eat <laughs> them raw, resulting in mass food poisoning. Furthermore, what do the rabbits live on? There are never any botanical or hydroponic Gardens depicted in tethered land. Tethered and rabbit, land? <laughs> rabbits are notorious for eating more than nature can provide. Wow. I thought that was a very interesting Okay. Note. Yeah, what do the rabbits eat? A little zoology in there. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good point. Tethered presumably can die of old age and other natural causes or of blunt force accidents caused by inconvenient movements of their upper world analogs. Who removes the corpses and prevents diseases from rapidly spreading through tethered land? I love this use of tethered land. Yeah. That's also a good point, though. I know. Yep. Things you got to think about. There's got to be some management down there. Come on. Yeah. Um, Why didn't the government euthanize the clones once the project was canned 30 years prior? And why did they clone every American citizen instead of just testing the waters with a few clones instead? Yeah. Leaving them abandoned to fend for themselves in underground tunnels leaves the risks of civilians discovering them when the clone's escaping, which is exactly what happens. Yeah. Also, I just realized, yes, this is only America. This isn't the whole world. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. So not 7 billion people. So, Well, however many people are in America. Yeah. Um, at least 100. 
Yeah. At least 100, <laughs> maybe 150. How do the tethered have near exact copies of their human counterparts' clothing? Wait. Do they? Like, where do the, clo- where do the clothes come from? Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. They, yeah, they do. I guess, yeah, just kind of have the... Do they get tailored? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> How was Red able to contact every single tethered across America to plan on an attack on the country? Oh, my gosh. The tunnels they live in do not seem to have any form of long-distance communication. <laughs> that is a great point. Was it like freaking the game telephone? I know. Just like whisper a huge in their game ear. telephone. Yeah. By the end, they're like... Took, <laughs> yeah, it took like 20 years. She's like, we're going to go up and we're just going to talk to our doppelgangers. <laughs> by the end, everyone's like, we're going to kill we're everyone. We're supposed to go up there. <laughs> Oh hey, my that gosh. could, you know, maybe that makes Who knows? sense. They're not the. Who knows? Yeah. Um, if the doorway between tethered land and the upper world is not guarded, and the child who who will become Adelaide Wilson can just walk up to Santa Cruz, then why haven't more tethered figured this out? The original Adelaide could have just walked back up there a few days after her abduction. Oh yeah. So yeah, the, that's a good point. Um, if the tethered were created to mimic their above ground counterparts, it doesn't make sense that the real Adelaide mimicked her tethered clone above ground all these years. Her shadow should have been controlled from below. It's never explained why that power was switched. Oh. Because the tethered below are controlled by the tethered above. Sure. So oh. whenever they switch, yeah. how does she just how is she just able to live her own life? Yeah. That is weird. It's like I know. By crossing that threshold that yeah, it's like there's just that magical dropped. barrier. Yeah, I guess, but now that would mean that, huh? Adelaide would have to mirror Red's actions. Yeah. Then, oh man, okay, weird, weird. But then she goes rogue and she does her own thing. So, yeah. like, how did that doesn't make any sense? Yeah, that's that's definitely a, hole, a yeah. hole in the plot. All right, the last one. The tunnel's electric lights work, and the tunnel is very clean. There is never any indication that any normal person ever comes down to perform maintenance. Yeah. With the large rabbit and tethered population, there'd be a lot of dung produced. The simple-minded tethered are not capable of taking hygienic precautions, so disease would be rampant among them. Yeah, that's a good point. I wonder that too with like Elizabeth Moss's character when she's like smiling. I was like, ah, you still like your teeth should be falling out technically. Yeah. You've just been down there eating raw rabbits. Yeah. For thirty years. But I thought I thought those all those just made a lot of sense. Yeah. So those are good points that I did not think of. So I know, I know. Anything we'd what change about the film? I only put one. All right, what you got? I'm all for women power. Don't get me wrong. Uh huh. As we've talked about, but it just feels so off to me that the dad is a straight goose. Yeah. While his wife is just killing everything in her path. Yes. <laughs> He, she's like, I'm going to get out of the car and make sure that girl that just got thrown into the yeah. woods is dead. And he's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Dude, that's a good point. Freaking goose. <laughs> I guess he, the only thing he, oh, he kills, uh, I guess himself, the doppelganger, <laughs> not himself, but himself as a doppelganger. Yes. And then he kills the, uh, the dad's, the other dad's doppelganger. But, but it takes him like 10 years. Yeah. And she's like weed whacking all she's, these. Tethered. Yeah. She definitely takes up the, the mantle as the, the warrior of the family. Yeah. So. Which, hey, I'm, I'm down. You know, it's just like. For sure. I just wish he did a little more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could totally see that. I get behind that. I guess I just wish there were some things that were fleshed out a little more or yeah. like explained just to make it a more cohesive narrative. Cause I feel like, I don't know, it's, it's obviously a, Super cool concept, but there are some dangling, as we just heard, a lot of like holes in the plot and yeah. things that you have to like think about 
and it's just it sometimes takes away how realistic you know which it's not i guess supposed to be super realistic but i don't know i guess i just wish some things were a little more fleshed out or explained because there are it's almost like they wrote this film and they just kind of expected you just be on board with the entire thing and not really question how certain things worked out logistically and yeah i I agree that's yeah it's probably more hot so i'll keep that to myself but yeah i completely agree yeah casting i was thinking lupita should be recasted with denzel washington (laughs) yeah that would make sense (laughs) just kidding she was perfect yeah she she really was i'd Um, recast the little boy yeah Um, yeah maybe abraham but i couldn't think of anyone else i don't know yeah and you said the the dad of the neighbor probably yeah i I would say him um i don't know why he just didn't really like nail that for me Mm -hmm. but winston duke i thought like on paper is great because I love him in Black Panther. I think he's yes. so cool. And it, it, maybe that's it, seeing him play, because he's such a like brute warrior in Black Panther, and now he's like this kind of... <laughs> this little wiener? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that is what made it feel off, but um, so I don't know. Maybe... Yeah. I don't know how you kind of fix that, but... I know. Yeah, me neither, so... <laughs> <laughs> Least favorite part of the film. Dude, I, I gotta say, I know I'm like, I keep going back to this, the dad, because yeah. he distracted me the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, this dude is not contributing anything. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally see that. And it, it's interesting to evaluate these horror films that do have weak dad roles, which sometimes that's not the case. Going back but to Orphan. Orphan. Right? Yes. We were like, the crown jewel of having but, a stupid dad. Hey, that's not to say that's not unrealistic because sure. that's totally, you know, yeah, absolutely. existing. I will say, I would love for Adelaide to be my protector. Dude, <laughs> she, yeah. So, hey, I'm, I'm down for that, too. Yeah, um, she's full-time security for me. Yeah. I did say honorary mention, though, the fact that they're tethered were the only ones slow playing. Mm. And everyone else's tethered. We're just yeah. killing them immediately. I just thought that, that was like, I just don't get it. You yeah. Know? No, I get that. I, if we're going off of things we keep saying over and over, I'm going to repeat, too. I just, the least favorite part is just that, I think it is such a unique and cool concept. I just wish things were explained a little more, yeah. fleshed out a little bit. So, yeah, that's all I would say. Yeah, in terms of least favorite parts of the film, but uh, title of the film and the movie poster. Mm-mm-mm. Title. This is probably a hot take. Oh, but us is a weak title. I actually agree. I wrote the same thing. Okay, I was scared you were going to say the opposite. Like it's amazing. No, I think given I how like creative it. he is. There are so many directions. Yeah. And maybe it's because it's such an out there film with such a large concept. Maybe he wanted to have a simple title. Yeah. It does feel weak, though. It's really weak. I, I, I said literally Tether would have been a better name. Yeah. And I liked Deep Cuts better, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could see that for sure. It's know. almost like it also has the problem of like the TV show You, you know, Netflix. Yes. When you, it just sounds like, have you seen You or have you seen Us? Like, you know, know. it just every time I talk about it, I have to say Jordan Peele's us. Yes. And when I was Googling things for this movie, you always have to say like the film Jordan Jordan Peele's us us or us twenty nineteen. I know. Just makes things complex. Come on. Movie poster I put couldn't be more perfect. I oh my gosh, I agree. What? I think the poster (laughs) is incredible. Dude, yeah. I love it. It's so sick. The colors, the the lighting, it pops everything. The concept of her holding her face as a mask and freaking love it. Ugh. 
Wow, what are the, we went. I know. Same wavelength, baby. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We're no, that synced. was super good. <laughs> In the the Our, uh, yeah. the font of the title on the poster is really cool. I like really the like way it. it's written out. It yeah. Just oh, it all looks so good. Yep. Totally agree. Yep. Imagine if the if it said tethered instead of us, how cool that would be too. Oh, tethered. That could be a cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. In that font style. Yep. Yeah. Um, what would be a worse name for the film title? Dude, I struggled with this. One. I did too, actually. I struggle every week. <laughs> I came up literally, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> it I was came up with the worst. It was literally really, the worst, the stupidest title. It was just well, stupid. Mine are probably worse. So I only came up with one, so you go first. I said Tetherball. That's all I got. And uh Black Panther three, since they were both in Black Panther. <laughs> that's literally all I had. So it's slim pickings this week. Oh man, that's awesome. Um Dude, this doesn't even make any sense. Bussin'. Bussin'? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Wait, it's like the word S. I was imagining it in like parentheses and then bus, uh, bussin' bus around it. it. I was like, it literally doesn't make any sense. Hey. I could, my brain blanked on all of that. So no, we love that. Usually I'm more creative. Than, I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, hot takes hallway. <laughs> it's spicy time. Spushy. Favorite Boy. part of the... Uh, yeah, episode of the shebang. Boy, do we have some spiciness to unpack. We do. Favorite reviews are <laughs> one in ten stars. You want to kick us off? Okay, so I'll start with the one star. Oh, one star. We're starting one star this time. Oh shoot, do we always start ten star? Normally, but it's fine. We can switch it up. No, I'll sw- Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're keeping me in check. <laughs> I always first every time we record, just a little BTS for you guys. I'm always like, wait, which one do we start with? <laughs> I tried to. I had a fifty-fifty shot, and I blew hey, it. it. You know, that's fine. Ten star. And I just wrote this because I, or I didn't write this. I saw it and I put it in here because I agree with it. Did you do Letterboxd or IMDb? This, I did 10 star IMDb. Okay, I did Letterboxd this time. Letterboxd, one star. Oh, yeah. I did both. Um, so 10 star, very short. Anytime you and other movie viewers sit in the theater to discuss what you just saw, you know that it's an awesome movie, period. I like that review because mm-hmm. I do agree with that stance. I think... And I think you could agree. Anytime I see a movie and we can go sit in the parking lot and unpack it. And just talk about or it. Or talk about it. Or talk about what we think it means yes. without researching it. I do love that. And totally. so I, I, I just felt a little connection to this one. I was like, no, I get you, dude. I love when moviegoers are passionate about the films they're watching and they can sit and talk about it after. I think that's a great way to, you know, label it. I was so. going to say, like, we don't do this very often. Um, normally it's like organic or we're like in the parking lot talking yeah. about it. Um, but we, I wish we did this more where after we watched the whale, oh, we all went upstairs great. at the Warren theater yeah. and just like got a drink and talked about the film. Sat in that booth. Dude, yeah. I loved that. that I, I want, fun. I would love to do more stuff like that. I agree. We actually, we kind of not to that level, but we kind of did that with Nope. If you remember, we saw it in That's the IMAX true. and we stood in the lobby after and kind of like talked. unpacked it and yeah. I I just some of us had that. some wild hot takes and yes some. yes for sure so uh, I I just liked that review because I completely agree with their stance on that yeah all right my ten star letterboxed from at Maya on letterboxed did you know that this was actually a ballet movie all along that's it <laughs> what <laughs> okay I know I like, guess okay, um, and ten, uh, ten, five star ten star so like okay okay well uh, I mean I guess it is. They love ballets. They love the ballets. Yeah. No, that's good. Okay. All right. One stars. <laughs> uh, now it's time for the one star. Woo-hoo. This one was from 
letterboxd yes. um never has there been a stronger drop Dude, in quality i picked the same no, come one on. this is on my page four i know wow we sifted through this i'm telling you dude it's getting weird it's because we have the same taste and we, we got find that ones symbiotic that we like. relationship that's crazy which crazy is i almost picked a different one and then i did pick this one I was like, wow oh, what are the so freaking far. odds that is well, crazy. it says never has there been a, a stronger, stronger drop in quality, in quality. <laughs> Just do like a sing along. Okay, everybody. Uh, never has there <laughs> never has there been a stronger drop in quality from the trailer to movie. I now stubbornly refuse to watch Jordan Peele movies out of spite for having been duped by this wank of a film. <laughs> so there's a lot of things to unpack here. I love the use of the word wank. The use of wank. Oh, first that was and from foremost. Uh, at Captain Cran on yes. Letterboxd. Um. We kind of mentioned that earlier, though. A lot of people love this trailer, and it is a beautifully crafted trailer. Yes. And I guess people were pissed by the outcome because they didn't feel like it was equal. Yeah. Which I read that from several people, and I just thought it was interesting that they all kind of agree on that. But I, I, obviously, it's in our top 50. I still love the movie. Yeah. Um, I will say the trailer, though, does set it the stage. It is pretty wild, yeah. But to say you're going to refuse to watch Jordan Peele from now on, that's you're just like robbing I yourself. I know. Because he's one of the best horror directors right now. So Yeah. You, you got to at least buddy. give his uniqueness to him. Yeah. Do we have any hot takes about the film? I have some moltenly hot ones. Molten? Oh, shoot. Which I feel like people are just going to hate me after this, but hey, I already it's do. It's fine. okay. Well, the, okay. There we go. <laughs> go for it. This is Peel's weakest film by far. Yeah, I agree. And I'm not saying it's a bad film. Yeah. I'm saying compared to Nope and Get Out, it doesn't hold a candle. Yes. A lot of people will disagree, as we know a lot of a handful of people who actually didn't like Nope, but I Gosh, care. that's yeah. <laughs> that is crazy to me. I nope know. was so good. Ugh. Um no, I kind of agree with that. Um I think it just he started off with a bang, get out. This was a it was a good follow up, but yeah. not near that level no and then he hiked it back up with nope i think it's yeah yeah i think that's fair um i kind of went on the other end of that of what you're saying um i said it's the best movie of all time <laughs> no i i said <laughs> i do for me. i do think i know i keep saying it so please don't get annoyed with me but if they tied up the loose ends they added more serious elements of horror. So if it was like a little more realistic, there were more explanation for things. It was creepier. You Because he can make great effective horror scenes. And I wish he did for this movie because there's yeah. not a lot of scenes that just keep you up at night. No. Like it's not very scary. No. So if he added some horror in there, I think it could have definitely been on the same level as get out if he did i agree. execute it more properly but i think they're just there are some things missing that do bring it back a little bit and so yeah which leads directly into my next note oh my gosh because <laughs> i completely agree the film doesn't blend comedy with horror well at all yeah um it can be done but it, again it just makes it your film different and with this concept it shouldn't have been comedic yeah um, i agree I actually think Get Out and Nope do that way better. They yes. have some moments of comedy and like he is obviously Jordan Peele himself is a hilarious person. Like yes. his comedy is so funny. And like Get Out, some of the characters, their moments have really funny moments. This one sometimes it just feels a little out of pocket at yeah. times and it feels too forced and it just doesn't fit this yeah. wild of a concept. No, I agree. It was and 
I believe this wholeheartedly. It's like Lupita was told to go all in on acting the performance of her life <laughs> while the rest of the cast was just told to have fun with it. Yeah. Because she's just like dedicating she, so much to this role and yes. it's creepy and intense and everything else does not meet her standards. No. No, that's a great way to put it actually. So uh, I just felt, yeah. Don't come for us. It's the hot takes. I know. For a reason. Out of all of Peel's films, this one felt like a bit of a stretch conceptually, only because of how dense it was with metaphor and mystery. Yeah. It just felt a little too forced in certain areas. And I think, it, to your point, it wouldn't have felt like that if he had just tied up some of those yeah. loosens. No, I agree. Um, next one. It's a little too slow with not enough thrillingly exciting scenes. Yep. This film probably had my least amount of favorite scenes so far, honestly, which is pretty wild. Yeah. Out of all the films we've reviewed. Which is interesting because it's obviously as of today the you know it's, it's the ranked, highest yeah. yeah so it is yeah it's i mean the concept is amazing it's just the fact that like the scenes that pan out sure. don't really like i actually you said, they're not scary i was shocked because when i have this movie in my mind i don't know i sat down this morning to write my notes and when i'm trying to think about my favorite scenes i was surprisingly like wait there aren't many scenes that I just love. I know. Which is really interesting. It did kind of throw me off too. I don't know. I agree. And my last one, I enjoyed watching it again for this, but it might be a one-timer for me. Yeah. I don't think I care to watch it again. Yeah. I get that. It's crazy. I know. I know my sister is going to lose it because I told you before we watched it on Monday. (laughs) This this is her favorite movie. It may not be anymore, but at least for a while, it's still up there. Does Caitlin even listen to this? She apparently, I don't know. This is going to be the true test. So, okay. Well, Caitlin, if you're listening, of all of my siblings, you're wrong. The most or the least likely, I think, to listen to it. That's funny. Well, don't come for us, Caitlin. You're fine. (laughs) Have we heard any hot takes we agree or disagree with? Of course. Of course. As always. Yes. Um, so this isn't really a shocker, but like most big directors, you're going to have fans saying, like this happens all the time, I feel like with Christopher Nolan. People are like, no, this is his best film or that's his best film or this is his weakest film or whatever. And it's hard, obviously, because he's only released, Jordan Peele has only released three films. But, and I feel like we're on the same note every time with this part. But so many people saying that it surpassed Get Out. Like he followed up Get Out with a better film. I think that is a wildly hot take. Yeah. Because Get Out, when I saw that in theaters, that was like a wild ride for me. Like I loved that I movie. Know. Us is good, but it is not Get Out no. at all. You need and to so, go put your head in some sand. To say that this is his best film, I just wholeheartedly disagree with I you. I couldn't disagree more. I've heard some people say they thought Peel just tried too hard, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. Um, maybe he was trying to top get out and overcompensate in metaphor slash mystery a little too much. Sure, That's, I don't know. I could see that from the perspective of like, you know, he's a comedian. Maybe he, he made a banger of a movie. Maybe he really wants people to take him seriously. And like, so he pushed himself to come up with this. But I don't think he was like a try hard. Like, yeah, I feel like I read that too. People saying like, you're not that guy. And like, he's the epitome of someone who thinks he's smarter than he is. And I'm like, no, I think he is brilliant. He may have just not, he's not perfect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Next one. I actually entirely agree that the trailer for this film is better. Ah, you're one of them. I know. I know. Um, but I remember seeing this trailer and being like, oh my gosh, yeah. I cannot wait to see this film. Yeah. That, cause the, the imagery, the colors, the cinematography, 
the production design, the acting. I remember the music from the trailer. You condense all of the best parts of this film into two minutes with that intense music. Yeah. And it's, in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, that sells the film. But the film doesn't articulate what the trailer said it was going to. Yeah, Um, definitely. So that plus the hype from Get Out makes sense that it did so well at the box office. Yeah. Yeah, it it definitely aligns. So, oh, it's, did you watch the trailer again this week after watching the movie? I actually haven't. I haven't either. I just vividly remember seeing it in theater. I remember, yeah, the theater, like, again, the music just getting me, like, and that because I loved Get Out so yeah. much, I was like, we're in for another round. I know, like, this is going to be crazy. And, yeah. Anyways. Yeah, 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 yep. What is the hottest of all hot takes? Hmm. I did see one person say that this was the most perfectly executed horror movie of all time. Gosh. And I about threw my phone at the wall. Yep. They'd keep doing it. Every week they freaking come in here. There's somebody who's like, there's someone who stands up. The only movie I ever watch. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. Uh, That kills me. Um, I'm going to go with, just because I really like Jordan Peele, I'm going to, I'm going to have his back and say, I don't think he's like trying too hard. I don't think he's, you know, yeah, I think he is that guy. I think he may have just had a weak moment, you know, and yeah. it's not like it's a bad film. No, I mean, all. it's in our top. It's 50. in our top. We are 50. just picking it apart because sure. that's what we do. But I mean, I, I would defend, I would say he is that guy. And to say he's not is kind of, to me, that's a hot take. Cause I think he's proved his, I mean, he's got the power to make these amazing horror films. Yes. It's, I think you already said it. Also, I'll just reiterate it was the execution of yeah. his brilliant creative. Yes. Because this is brilliantly creative and conceptual. Yeah. Um, and the attention to detail we've already talked about is incredible. Like, yeah. not very many directors can, you know, yeah. get to that level. Um, it was just the execution of that concept that, you know, may have been like just why people think yeah. he tried too hard, but I don't, yeah, yeah. I agree with what you're saying. Do we agree with the IMDb rating? It is 6.8. I always feel so annoying. I know. On this part. Because I will always just bump it. Not always. This will not always be the case, I promise. But once again, I'm going to bump it a decimal point. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say 6.9. Yeah. Only because of the creativity, the detail. And like I'm saying this like I would bump it up three points. But the creativity, the details, the performance from Lupita, and the scope of it. Like I admire the ambition i think there's obviously flaws as we've said a million times with the execution but i think a 6.9 which i feel like that number keeps coming up i know but i think i would settle there i think it deserves a little credibility but it's definitely if it were executed like i'm saying it should have been and i'm not jordan peele i could not have done this movie well (laughs) at all because it's so complex but if he tied up those loose ends added some elements of horror that really stick with you it i mean we're talking i think mid sevens like for sure easy like 7.5 easy. you know yeah i think it just it lacks some of that so honestly even if it just took out the comical elements yeah. i think it yeah. could have been bumped up to like a 7.1 sure. i feel like one. <laughs> nope wasn't as comical there were moments that were like i remember kind of chuckling a little bit but yes get no. out to me was pretty funny us i think tries to be just as funny and it's just not as I don't know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I said, I, I'll, 
I said originally 6.8. I'm comfortable with that, but yeah. I'll meet you there at 6.9. Okay. I, I really enjoyed the intentionality behind everything from a filmmaking yeah. perspective. Of course, there were a few things like the comedy and the yeah. lack of lo- the, the loose end stuff. Um, yeah. I will say Lupita's performance, the music and the twist definitely save it from going lower though. Yeah. No, that's a good point for sure. Chill factor. What do we like the most about this film? I always say or think about when like this film gets brought up, my favorite thing is definitely the details. Mm. I love how detail oriented it is, which is rich coming from the guy who keeps saying they needed to tie up some loose ends, but the little details that like you can, it gives it a little bit of rewatchability just from a perspective of like trying to find things or I love like Googling or looking up YouTube videos about like all the little Easter eggs. Yep. I think the details are just super fun and I love the details in this movie. I, I completely agree. I almost ate the mic there. Um, <laughs> Take a bite. Yeah, I totally agree. I actually, I'm going to surprise you, but this is like my own personal opinion. Yeah. I said the score. Yeah. Um, I, slash the track, pas de da, pas de da, it's French. Oh, okay. Um, in ballet, a pas de da is a dance duet in which two dancers perform ballet steps together. Whoa. Yes, but that song is pas de da. That's, the, that's when they're doing the... Yeah. Um, their their big fight slash yeah. dance at the end and in that song is like so intense oh yeah i, love I remember song. it yeah from that scene because that's the one they use in the trailer too but um yeah. i did say honorable mentions definitely the details definitely um the the twist and definitely lupita, lupita. lupita's yeah. performance lupita is just so good i love her yeah i was also good. telling which some people yeah, whatever but after the movie i was talking to my wife about it I was like, she's like beautiful too. Like yeah. she's like slept on. I feel she like. Is gorgeous. Nobody, like she is really pretty and not that that really weighs into anything. I was just no, like, I, I've thought about that even a Black random Panther. Thought. I'm like, she is gorgeous. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. But I feel like she's slept on. She needs to get into more. Like I haven't seen her in a movie. I feel like in a, in a minute. I know. But yeah, love yeah. her. Final Rex. Do we recommend this film to everyone or only a select audience? I said select audience. Um, yeah. Peel lovers, metaphorical lovers, slow yeah. horrors with the twist lovers. Yeah. All those no, types. I, I love good orange peel. Um, I definitely. <laughs> Anything with a peel. <laughs> Anything with a peel. <laughs> if you like peels in general. <laughs> um, no, I said the same thing. Like if you like to get analytical with the film, which we kind of talked about that with like Annihilation, which that's comparing apples to oranges because Annihilation is a different kind of complex. Yeah. Um, But on this one, yeah, I would say if you want to watch a horror film with some like fun little Easter eggs, you know, and give it a shot. Um, But I'm not going to expect everybody to love this movie. Yeah. Well, that officially wraps up Chamber of Chills number 41, Jordan Mm -hmm. Peele's Us. Thank you guys for listening to our 10th episode. We made it. So weird. Uh, so so weird. weird. And sorry, weird. Sorry, weird. Uh, we do have a surprise. Woohoo. We have a really exciting surprise to announce now that we've accomplished our first 10 episodes. I'm so excited. Every 10 episodes, we will officially be doing a Hot Takes Hallway mini episode dedicated to submissions from you, our own community, reading through your very own hot takes on the past 10 films we've reviewed. This includes An American Werewolf in London, 1981, Orphan, The Cabin in the Woods, Goodnight Mommy, 2014, 
American Psycho, As Above, So Below, Split, Jeepers Creepers, Annihilation, and now Jordan Peele's Us. Yep. We want you to submit to us your hot it takes. Hot it, hot it hot takes. Hot it, your hot it takes. Hot it takes. <laughs> your hot it takes. <laughs> um, your hottest takes on our number 50 through our number 41 picks. Give them to us. We're going to choose a handful. Yep. We're going to read through all of them, crediting your name, unless you'd prefer we don't. Just include that in your yeah. DM or email. Then we're going to comment our thoughts on your hot takes. It's going to be yep. spicy. We're going to ruffle some feathers for sure. So that said, go ahead and submit your spiciness to either our Instagram DMs at the Chamber of Chills, or you can email them to us at podcast at thechamberofchills.com. And we will stop accepting submissions by the time we record the next episode. So submit them as soon as you can. Which is in one hour. Which is in the next 30 minutes so to an hour. Now. Um, no, probably within the next week yeah. is uh, the time frame. So do that or get left behind. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> never we, to be seen again. Never to be seen. <laughs> I was going to add something else. I can't think. I'm, I'm so, forget it. Okay. Uh, marketing. I can't, I don't have to read the thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, even if you're not interested in participating in our Hot Takes Hallway mini episode, we'd still love for you to follow along with us on our social medias at the Chamber of Chills. We love growing this film loving community with you guys. Mm-hmm. Now, the riddle for our next film. Oh boy. On a rock, two keepers dwell where waves crash and goals rebel. A night above. <laughs> I'm trying can't even do it. I just is. teleported to the haunted mansion, right? <laughs> I'm your narrator. Okay, sorry. I'm just trying not to. Okay. Um. <laughs> A light above, secrets below. Madness blooms with the storms below. Below, One dreams of tender sirens call. The other, a past you can't forestall. In black and white, the slates spun tight. Guess the film where day becomes as dark as night. Yes, it is the whale. It is the whale. <laughs> Jordan peels the whale. Jordan peels the whale. Um, I'm so excited for that episode. Oh, it's going to be great. All right. Love you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for what's next on Chamber of Chills. And remember to keep your hot takes spicy. 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 XOXO. Got some girls. <laughs>